How's it, Internet? And welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. How's it, Al? How you, Bert? It's yeah. good to see you again. Yeah. Another week, another podcast? Yeah. Episode 11. We are into double digits, mate. Very cool. And we've got a great show in store. Yes, uh, we managed to track down the... Ever-elusive. The ever-elusive. I think it's been about two months now. It's been since October we've been trying to get hold of her to sit down and actually have a decent conversation with us. Yeah. Yeah, recruiter extraordinaire person giving job advice to the Twitteratis, uh, Vanessa Roth. Welcome, Vanessa. Welcome. Uh, we've got a new guest on this week. And uh, she's been uh, causing quite a storm in the SharePoint community, um, not because she's a bad person, but because she does bad things. And this week we've got uh, Vanessa Roth. That's how I say your surname, eh, Roth? Absolutely, uh, yeah. Fantastic, yeah. Welcome, uh, welcome. It's good to have you on. We've been trying to get you on for a little while and schedule's finally matched up. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, the Travelling Podcasters. Uh, that's where we are right now. We should actually change our name to the Travelling Podcasters and not Two Guys in SharePoint. I like Two Guys in SharePoint. So for our listeners, uh, Vanessa, just a little bit of background, who you are, what you do, uh, where you come from, how you got to doing what you're doing. Sure, absolutely. So so in total now, I've uh, spent 10 years in the recruitment industry. Prior to that, I did a whole lot of fun stuff like teaching in the UK, working uh, on the, in the Masai Mara, taking people on guided tours. I've also trained scuba diving instructor. So I've pretty much been around and I've done a, a hell of a lot of cool things. So as I say, 10 years, settled down, uh, got a proper desk job and been working in recruitment. Uh, with that, the last seven years have been in the IT space. So I really have sp- uh, chosen to specialize in the Microsoft application space because it's really exciting and uh, there's always work so you've got to specialize in something where you're going to be kept busy and how are you finding the industry uh, over the last 18 to 24 months uh, we've we've it's, it's been quite an interesting time for us in the sharepoint space i mean you don't only do recruitment for sharepoint obviously no 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 I, my, my main specialities actually are in the br space and crm um, sharepoint comes in a close third to those Look, things have been cool. I mean, there's lots of exciting things coming from Microsoft. I think the guys are getting excited about it. And a lot of people are, mo- are moving to Microsoft because there's some exciting stuff happening, especially in the digital space. When you say digital, uh, that's a word that's been thrown around. I mean, we talk about digital transformation. And it's the current next killer mm. thing. Everyone, you've got Deloitte talking about it. You've got Accenture putting out infographics about digital transformation there's even a Deloitte's uh, there's a video on YouTube specifically angled at transformation yeah. are you seeing a lot of that uh, people talk about transformation industry talking about transformation especially now with millennials being the guys that are making Absolutely. the decisions so, so if I had to look over the last seven years, I mean, when I first started out, everything was BR. And then it kind of moved into the data space. And everything was big data and master data. Now we're hitting the digital space and a lot of IoT. So we're seeing a lot more work coming through with people doing IoT. And um, a lot of that coming in with the 365 space. Um, there's, there's a lot of changes. I think in the next six months, it's going to be quite an exciting space for us because it's moving away from the traditional are you a CRM developer? It's more integrated, it's more value you can add, and it's about digitizing your processes and, and streamlining things. And those people are the difficult ones to find. We've been talking about grassroots stuff, um, especially, and I think it was last year, we also asked the question, so how do you get into SharePoint? Uh, because there's no real yeah. direct path. Well, are you doing stuff in that space? I mean, it would be easier for 
SharePoint consulting firms, I mean, everyone's struggling right now. Everyone's sweating. There's changes. You've got people going Absolutely. to this company. You guys are hiring as well, so you're moving quite aggressive. Well, when I say you guys, I talk about Carabina because they're part of our partners. Yeah. Moving into that space, there's a lot of movement, but it's the same people that we've always seen over the last 10 years yeah. moving into different, some people moving back to Cape Town, people moving up to Johannesburg. We don't seem to see new blood that are actually making their mark in the industry we don't, I, I don't know about you, Rod. I, I haven't, no. I haven't seen. And, and also, the, the shift from Gen Y to millennials. Yeah. Uh, is there a difference that you are, are seeing when you start looking at candidates from millennials yeah. to Gen Ys? You see, I think what, what's happening a lot, especially at the senior level, is that you're finding people that are swapping between platforms. And that's how new people join into, say, a new space. So you might get someone who's really good in the, the SAP space who then transfers into the Microsoft space. So that's where you keep things fresh and people just switch between the different platforms. Now, with regards to the Gen X and Gen Y people coming through, it's you know, there's a lot of people who are coming through who are far more tech savvy, which is actually makes my job easier because they already know about, you know, tech and coding and they've done it. Some of them even done it at school, which is fantastic. But it hasn't made too much of a change. Um, what I'm finding is a lot of people aren't maybe particularly coming through and being a specialist in one space. There's a lot of people who can do a lot of stuff. So they can either have like a CRM and a SharePoint, um, say combination of skill or a BI and a SharePoint. Because to just be standalone and just have a SharePoint skill these days is nice if you're senior and you're experienced, but it's sometimes not enough to actually get your foot in the door. Because a lot of the SharePoint work actually is about how it integrates with other kind of solutions, which you need to know. So when you're looking for candidates, what sort of things are you looking for in, in those junior positions? From what you've just said, you're looking for somebody with more of a well-rounded yeah. Um, so, so, so in the in the junior positions, what we try to do is, you know, um, we, we educate our clients. So we partner with them and we advise them. So if you've got someone who's good at, say, coding, so they've got the basics, you know, the .NET, the C Sharp, what we try and do is, is chat to our clients, put them into our clients' organizations and get them to do the training, you know, point them in the direction of the SharePoint qualifications, which they can get through Microsoft and get them to work in partnership with a person to actually grow those skills. Because people aren't finishing varsity with, say, a degree in SharePoint. It, it definitely is. Exist. Exactly. It definitely is something which um, they will learn on the job, and a lot of people will fall into it. So to answer your question, what I look for is people who love coding. So people, when I say they love coding, they do it in their spare time. They're geeks. They do it on the weekend. Uh, a lot of people also falls into the same bracket as a whole gaming side of things you've got to so be people, passionate about what you're doing absolutely and only people who are gamers are actually passionate about the um about tech and coding and all of those things those are the people that we want to take on board because you know you can teach someone a skill you can teach someone sharepoint but you can't you can't teach and and train that passion they must have it from the outset and that's what i look for in the junior candidates that's actually quite interesting because for years it's literally been for years i'd i'd actually when yeah when i was at bcx for part of the mentorship program yeah. And the feeders, you've got a feeder system, so you go to Kaput or Cape Peninsula University of Technology and you go speak to IT students or financial students that are doing like BCom, IT or BTech or whatever. And I've been saying forever, if I look at a CV and the first thing I'd ask, are you a gamer? If you're a gamer, I don't care uh, what your technical skills are because whatever we put in front of you, you're going to yeah. Absorb like a sponge. You, yeah, you need someone who. Excited. Yeah, and you need someone who can solve a problem. Yeah. And gaming is solving problems. Yeah. And that's that's what we look for in all of our our young techie people looking to get into the industry. Oh, that's awesome. It's quite interesting. Um, a couple of weeks ago, at the from the MVP Summit episode, 
we were talking about sort of what it takes to become an MVP. And a lot of people want to know, you know, because that's that's sort of where you want to go as yeah, a the pinnacle. As, as a Microsoft really? uh, as a Microsoft guy. You're going to be like, oh, well, that's that's the recognition. That's the the top of the mountain. That's where I want to be. What's the process to follow that? Mm. And it it turns out there isn't a process. Yeah, it, it's a reward for the passion, and you've got to be really passionate about Absolutely. it. So yeah. that that if that seems to be that the it could be, be great, um, but it's not. I've I've had many people come up to me. Is it? Are you? You're an MVP. Yes. Okay. Um, so what do I need to do? Yeah. I, yeah. I'll, I'm, I need to put it in my career path. It's part of my plan. Um, so what hoops do I jump through, and and what tick boxes do I tick in order to do it? Uh, but so like, that's an interesting thing. The the, the the passion is sort of the underlying thing from Absolutely. from how you get into it to how you progress in it yeah. to where you end up in and, it. And I want I want someone who's inquisitive. I want someone who who's got one of those minds that are like, I want to figure out how this works. I want the kid who took the toaster apart. So if someone came in and on their CV it said, um, I am the ambassador of Quan. So yes. that would spark your interest, right? Yes, I'd be okay, like, fantastic. okay, okay, they, they they look interesting. Okay, I must right. bring them in. But then I must coach them on how to interview properly because they, a lot of people like that can't interview. So then they need to be taught the soft skills, which is, again, what we do. All right. So it's not just uh, – it's always interesting because you can go so – a company would place an ad um, for someone and then you get 2,000 CVs and you select five and they come in. And my, the reason why they hired me, my very first job, was because my CV said uh, interests, ambient music. And my boss and the technical manager had no idea what that was. And it's the only thing that stuck. And they oh, said, we need to get that guy back. The guy that's, And the first thing they asked me, what is ambient music? Because we tickled pink. <laughs> so are those the things that people look out for? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, for, for us, we, I mean, we don't put out an ad and get 2,000 responses because we just don't have that talent. We don't have that depth of talent in South Africa. So... Your CV must stand out, but what will stand out is people who are, as you say, on their hobbies. You know, what do they do? Coding, gaming, those kind of things. You know, it goes without saying that you need a well-put-together CV. You need, you know, minimal spelling or grammar mistakes and those kind of things. But it's not like we have a massive pool to choose from. So if you show just a little bit of interest and a little bit of passion, then you should actually be all right. There's no excuse. Are you seeing different formats, CV formats? What, Absolutely, yeah. What, what gets you going? I mean, infographic formats are the next yeah, best thing. Yeah, we, we do get a lot of infographics. A lot of people are using like kind of a, a hybrid model where, where there, is a, um, uh, there, there is an infographic as, say, for example, the first page and then the second page it goes into a normal like uh, older format yeah, so CV. So concise yeah. and then… Experience. You see, the problem is, is that an infographic is great for grabbing our attention as yes. recruiters, which is fantastic. And then I always will phone the guy and I always say, hey, good, well done on your CV, really good work. But then unfortunately, we then need to sell that candidate to our clients, whoever they may be. So then we need all of the boring kind of information. So then I'll say, please just send me your old CV so we can put it into our It's About People format and we can send it on to our clients. I work for, for Data Centrics and we've got a managed talent solutions division that does extremely well. All right, they make seriously good money. They always win awards at our sales things and all of those things. My question really is, so do you have specialist skills working for you? So if you're looking for a BI person with a data warehousing experience and all of those things, because you obviously screen the candidates. I've seen in the past where you've got 
salespeople selling pe- bodies. I mean, you have to have that. But they don't, they'll rattle off a bunch of bullet points saying they have to have this. Oh, no, uh, you have to have 10 years experience in SharePoint 2016. You know, those sort of yeah. things, because we see a lot of that. Well, we want a developer. You can't be older than 25, but you have to have experience in whatever. Yeah, I I get, mean, again, I think it's an education thing, you know. Um, We've got to work with our clients and we've got to tell them exactly what and what is not reasonable. And, you know, also with sticking into the parameters of labor law. So, I mean, they can't turn around and say they want a, a young, hot blonde chick who can okay. who can code in SharePoint. It's just, you know, you, you can't okay. do that. So we can't do that. As nice as it would be. <laughs> uh, there's only one cupcake around, though. But... Um, you know, it's about educating people and, you know, you've got to know your stuff. So when you go in and you sit with the line manager and you take that order, if you don't know what you're talking about from an IT or SharePoint perspective, you lose credibility. So, yes, I mean, all of us here, we, we're very up to date and I do a lot of training with the team and, and keeping them on track and helping where I can. I want to approach the elephant in the room because there's always a proverbial elephant and, and we've got quite a big one here. And it's not Al. <laughs> it's, it's never me. It's never me. <laughs> I mean, Van, we've known each other for, for donkey's years. You yeah. actually um, placed me before. And odd to us. Uh, repeat it? Oh, wow, you're a, you're a repeat offender. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you've been in a company for a long time when you get people coming back a second time. Speaking at SharePoint Saturday. Yes. Or lack al- thereof. It's always an issue. Yeah. Primarily, and I think it's mainly so that the, the listeners there understand why we don't have these sort of sessions at SharePoint Saturday. Uh, I personally think what you talk about is invaluable. Uh, we've already spoken, I think it was two years ago, was it last year? I think it was last year, where we part of the keynote was really asking the question, so how did you get into SharePoint? Because yeah. there's no clear-cut way. You exactly. can go to yeah. some universities, do you? Well, there's a bunch of them now, and it hasn't, the degree hasn't been around for more than 10 years. Yeah, It's about, about 10 years. I think University of Hull was the first one in the UK to bring out a degree in knowledge management. Uh, you can do it at, I think, at WITS. Or tux, Tuckies, yeah. Yes, yeah. and you can also do it at Stellenbosch University. Yeah. I know they have it there. Yeah. But nobody knows what knowledge management is until you get – and you can go through your entire life not knowing what it is. Absolutely, yeah. So we spoke about how you get into SharePoint, and I've been through your slides, and I've sat through the session at SQL Saturday. Maybe we should actually um, – would you mind telling us what that session is on? Sure. So – so if we if we look back historically, so I didn't present at SharePoint Saturday this year or last year. Before that, I think I presented at three or four across uh, Including Joburg. Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, Joburg, um, Cape Town. And I've also now been asked to present at SQL Saturday, which was great. So what I do is, uh, you know, the main... The main idea behind it is I want to chat to the guys and, you know, show them, are they earning a market-related salary? Uh, what should they be looking at? What they should be doing in preparation um, to better themselves? You know, are they doing the right courses? Are they basically on the right track? Also, you know, talking to them about um, any improvements that could be made and, and those sort of things. It's not about going and, and really stealing people from the audience and saying, uh, come and join us. I think a common misconception is because, as you mentioned earlier, you know, it's about people as part of the eyes partners group of companies. So a lot of people think that everyone that I talk to at these conferences is going straight into Carabina. And as Odd can actually attest to, SharePoint is the smallest competency within within Carabina. Yep. Um, and just meeting people and, and helping people and even simple things. Like, I mean, even at SQL Saturday, a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, thank you so much for the session. Do you mind if I send my CV through to you? I'm thinking of putting myself on the market. Can you help me and um, yes and I'll help them but it's not like I can place them 
I mean, I don't have magic jobs just mm. sitting in my back pockets so of I can place people at. So really what I want to do is I want to give back, um, help people, um, give them advice. Um, a lot of the times I do give advice to people and it's not to move because mm. you get these young profiles that want to move every eight to 12 months yeah. and it actually does nothing nothing for their CV. So I'm not scared to tell people that. Um, Stick it out. Yeah. Do some work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's quite a difficult thing because I think a lot of people see me as a threat and you know, if Everyone does. Well, exactly. With so, the exception of me, though, because I enjoy your stuff. <laughs> well, when you're super effective, that can be threatening. So. Well, exactly. But the thing is that you know, if a lot of companies are not looking after their staff mm. and they want to move, then you know, w- what can you do? Yeah. I would rather chat to them before they go somebody else, somewhere else where they maybe don't have such a pleasant mm. experience through the recruitment process and are maybe thrown underneath the bus because they're going to a role which they're actually not even interested in. Yeah. So, I mean, we're very strict here. We, we don't like to take from partners oh. from, a, from a Carabiner perspective. Uh, the Microsoft community is small. It's, it's something that we, we, we don't want to really tarnish our reputation. And what a lot of people don't realize is there's actually a team of five awesome external recruiters that it's mm. about people. And we place people into SharePoint roles um, at, at, at kind of like a corporate setup. So we've just put a lovely SharePoint architect into one of our, our clients as well. Not everyone wants to work in a consulting environment yeah. and people need to realize that. They want to go into a corporate. They want the better packages. They want, uh, you know, cheaper home loans and things like that at banks. So people must actually not be so worried that I'm there to steal people because I may not be able to give them what they're looking for anyway. It's it's the age-old thing. So I'll I'll, I'll give you an example. Business Connection. I worked there for about six years. And we had an internship program like everyone else. I mentioned Data has it, Datacentrics has it, EOH has it. So you go through the internship program. Even Microsoft did it as well. They did it in conjunction. So they will, and you can claim all the money you pay the interns back because of growth and all of those things. And now the person, let's say the person's earning 5,000 rand a month as an intern. Yeah. So now they join the company and the company doubles their salary as a junior consultant. Boom, we love you in. You're earning 10,000 rand. You come along and you go, come to my session, boom. And the market average for a junior consultant is 20,000 rand a month. Yeah. So automatically, the guy goes, and runs back to the company and goes and says something else. Yeah. Also, if they start at 10,000 Rand and they get yearly increases, it's not market-related increases, it's percentage increases per Absolutely. annum. Absolutely, yeah. But you can't also discount the company because the company is going to want to pay you the least amount possible to get the most out of you. That's what business is. Make the most money off the person. Yeah. And I think it's unfair to yourself and also companies like Business Connection where people get annoyed with the fact that, shit, man, I'm not earning 20000 I'm earning 15000 but the average is 20000 So it, it's bad that companies look at you as a recruiter and not as someone actually providing a, a bucket but load yeah, of information. But, but you know, to, that information is important because people need to know, you know what is happening and what's out there. If they are not being paid yeah. that, even if you look at my slides, it's, it's, a, it's a range. You yeah. know, this is what a range is. They still need to go through an interview process to get into another company to yeah. say m- make that jump from 10000 yeah. 20000 if, they, if the company they're going to doesn't deem them to have enough experience or they don't pass their testing, then they need to get back in their box and yeah. sit where they are for another six to 12 months, learn as much as they can, yeah. and then try again. Why would any company take them on if they are too weak to join their organization, mm. especially at that salary? I mean, I look at an intern, and even if they're in their first or second year, I think, oh, gosh, I don't know. They're not going to pass my testing, so I'm really not going to waste their time and my time, but I'll put them on my radar. What I do find really really exciting about your session and what you're doing is when people get into SharePoint so you're a BA and now all of a sudden you get exposed to a SharePoint project or you're a support person and now all of a sudden you have to support SharePoint or you're a, 
a DBA and all of a sudden you get exposed to that or you're a trainer and now you have to train. Yeah. The nice stuff that you provide those people, even an IT person is, shit, I actually, I don't have to just be an administrator. Yeah. I mean, I love when people present for the first time at our community nights because you've got an admin person that's never, ever wanted to do or thought of considering being a consultant. And we provide them with that platform yeah. to see what it's like a signing yeah. board. I think another thing, and especially, you know, if this is right for the SharePoint community, is that I actually talk people through the different roles because there are so many different roles in SharePoint. Mm. And it's also, you know, I want to educate our, our clients because there's a lot of line managers or HR people who come and sit in my session just, I think, to make sure that I'm not like stealing people. But they actually <laughs> need to realize that a lot of the time that a lot of the orders we get are, say, for a SharePoint dev. And they're actually not really looking for a SharePoint developer at all. Yeah. They need someone like a SharePoint administrator. Yeah. So it's, it's that side. Bad. Exactly. It is incredible. You are so right, 100%. So it's easy for, say, and this is one of my slides, as someone who's been um, got training experience and worked as a business analyst to work as a SharePoint business analyst or SharePoint consultant. Mm. And I want to show people that and show that, you know, don't put yourself in a box. Don't limit yourself. Um, and then, as I say, it's educating the clients because a lot of the times they don't know what they want. No, it's it, and literally they do a copy-paste thing. Absolutely, and they send it off to HR. HR sends it to me, HR doesn't even know what SharePoint oh. is. Oh, no, we need a developer. No, you actually yeah. need a configuration specialist mm. that can build you a form with a little bit of workflow Absolutely. on the back. Absolutely. And then yeah. they, they hire a C-sharp guy, and he's like... And then they get a fully custom-coded solution, yeah. and two years down the track, nobody can support it, and it doesn't work anymore. And, and then it's SharePoint nightmares all over again. I mean, I had this one HR lady who told me, like, uh, what's a form? Why are you looking for why, someone who's got a farm? Why do I need a, a farmer? Farm? Yeah. What's, what's, what's going on? I mean, it was hysterical, but he obviously can't laugh in the face of a oh. client. But it's all about just educating the community. And, and as I say, you know, as nice as it is that I would be able to, to make these connections, there is something special about the SharePoint community from a people's perspective. I've actually made a hell of a lot of really good friends, um, some enemies as well. And um, it is a small, close-knit community, and I really enjoy the people. And I think that's why... You know, out of anything, I don't really recruit SharePoint that much, but I really have ingratiated myself into the community just because they're awesome people, and I enjoy it. Yeah, we've had good fun over the last uh, decade or so. Absolutely. Um, in the space, and it's also grown to a level of maturity that that is quite scary, though. I mean, yeah. millennials nowadays, uh, you must see quite a few of them come through. Although the stats say that millennials are super tech savvy, but they are egotistical and lazy. Absolutely, and they, and they don't want to work eight hours a day. Why would they want to do that? They also don't want to work in permanent contracts anymore. They want to be contractors. Yeah, no, we face it every day. It's really? very interesting. Yeah, okay. They wow. want to work when it suits them, and yeah, and on their terms, and from home because they don't do traffic. Do you actually get that from some 20, 22 year old? Not all of them, and I really don't want to paint a bad picture, oh. but there are definitely some of them out there. Because yeah. you've seen the stats. I actually saw an infographic, and it's been a topic of discussion the last day or so, specifically yeah. around uh, breaking down the gens, obviously. Mm. I mean, that's where we are. And then the baby boomers, the gens, and, and the millennials. Yeah. And yeah, so. I, I honestly think that a lot of this stuff comes from overseas. I think it affects you know, the countries like Europe and the States yeah. a lot more. I think in South Africa, we still have a lot of people who are quite respectful and, and are just happy to have a job and will just fit in. You know and, you're and pissing off our international listeners now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no maybe, maybe I am, but um, I just think that it's more of a thing over there. Yeah. We don't really make it such a big thing in South Africa. It's like, mm. you've got a job, be happy, you've got a job, stick to it, you know. And you still got the parental influence in South Africa of you will go to work and I can picture like the mom living home because a lot of our young consultants, oh. they still live at home. Yeah. But well, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Uh, we've dealt with uh, on the on the road trip. We had a 24-year-old 
um, Vlad Katronescu. Yeah. Um, that's the second time that's I've said not it. Bad, yeah, not wow. bad, yeah. Um, he's a 20-something. Yeah, I met him at Sharepoint Saturday. Okay, yes, yeah. that's right. So he's interesting. Um, he's an independent contractor, and we, we've got Gokin as well. From uh, He's a Belgium living in, in Paris, France. He's also an independent contractor. If you look at what happens in, in companies like Rencor and Acceleratio, who are actually doing amazing, amazing stuff, they don't have physical offices. No. Everyone works from where they are. Yeah. Um, and that's another topic we'll be, we'll be covering for another day. But we're starting to see that happen here, right? You're starting to see that work from home. Oh, that's it, it's always a nice dream to be able to do that, to set up the infrastructure for a company to actually be able to do that and make it make it productive is harder than than I think a lot of people give it credit for. Because it's been like that in the US. I mean, what, the US yeah, but what's there. happening now is that we see it, you know, a lot of our external clients too, um, is that it's happening one or two days a week. And people are allowed to work from home one or two yeah. days a week. And now that has kind of moved into flexi time. So what a lot of companies are doing is that they're allowing their um, guys to come in when they want, to leave when they want. Um, so we're getting there. It's, it's in the process. Um, okay. I mean, think about it. Most people, you don't really need a lot of infrastructure. I mean, you need a... A, a, a PowerPoint. Yeah, you need a and PowerPoint a and, and a Wi-Fi connection. Most people have their own personal Wi-Fi connections Jeez, at I, home these days. I had to think twice. When you said a PowerPoint, I'm going, the first thing I think of is a slide. Microsoft, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't need that. PowerPoint. Why do you need a slide? Oh, power. power. A, a, a thing a physical for, one. for a point to draw so, power from. Yeah. So I think South Africa's getting there, and, and they really and truly are. And I mean, the fact that they've embraced working from home a day or two and, and flexi hours, we'll get there. We, I don't know if it will ever happen 100%. Oh. I don't think it needs to. But uh, we're not there yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there if, if you can. You're speaking to, to a candidate who's looking yeah. to move or whatever. Can you give maybe some, I mean, it's, it's dependent completely per individual. Yeah. But if you had to give some general guidelines of, I want to work my way up the ladder, whatever that ladder might be. Yeah. In a general sense, where could you point them to say, look at these sorts of areas to sort of up your skills? So, so, you know, when it comes to IT people, you normally get into two divisions. So you normally get the really techie guys and then you get the the business people, which is normally the analytical people. And actually there's a third because you actually get people on the sales side. Yeah. So basically I think people would need to identify where their strength is and what they enjoy doing. More importantly, what they what they enjoy doing. So, say for example, you know, as a as a techie, or and with a techie, I also include the people who do the config side because it is more technical, even though it's not hardcore coding. Just try and you know chat to them and say, is this the right decision? Is this the way you want your career to go? So, if it is someone who is more on the techie side, um, maybe point them in the way of courses, which would help them. Um, there's a lot happening on social media as well. And I think a lot of people forget that. So they could subscribe to your guys' podcast. You know, they could follow you guys on Twitter, learn from you, get involved in community events, go to RW. Those are the kind of things that I tell people to do. Um, that's people, you know, in the, in the SharePoint space. But if someone wants to be more of like a business SharePoint person and maybe be more of a business analyst, these places like FTR. They run business analysis courses, which you can do over a certain amount of time. It's, it's not full time. But it's, it's about constantly learning. And, and I always try and get people to, to pick a mentor. So pick someone in the SharePoint community. Go and chat to them. Find out exactly what they're doing. See, see if you can meet with them. Say, um, every, every time there's an RW, meet them for half an hour before or after. Just have a chat. Are you on the right track? Do you have any ideas for me? But basically, just keep abreast of new developments. And that's anybody who's working in the IT space. Do courses where you can. So just on get that, involved. Um, Specifically that you mentioned the IW community, we will be starting a, 
a soon-to-be-released mentorship program. Oh, nice. Um, where Very cool. We haven't worked out the mechanics 100% yet, mm. but long story short, each IW lead will mentor three people for a nine to ten month for the year. Okay. So we'll start in March and end in December, and we'll have a little gala thing at the end, uh, rookie of the year type mm. thing. But that, that's the idea because it, it benefits everyone in the community, including companies, if we can actually grow skills. Because right now we're doing nothing. Well, it was like Microsoft this year, they also did the CRM Academy. Yeah. So a lot of people came out of that with really good CRM skills. So, I mean, that's, that's something that could also be considered. If somebody's looking to get into the IT space, yeah. so maybe they're starting varsity or yeah or something like that how because as as we've been saying there's no path into sharepoint yeah there's no yeah. path into being a crm guy any of the microsoft things exactly how what what do you think is the most effective entry in into the well if people are, are going to varsity anyway they obviously need to study something that's going to give them um some kind of coding experience you know i've, I've just interviewed a guy who did a I think it was a, a BA, but like an information systems. And, and yeah. really, he, he's come out with not a lot of stuff that I could grab at that I could put him into a position, which is quite sad because he was a really nice candidate. But he can't code. He hasn't got the business experience. You, you've got to be really careful. I, I would go with a more techie thing, so like a proper BSc or a BTEC. Yeah. Now, a lot of people can't afford that in South Africa. So so that is a is a bit of an issue. So... What I would encourage people to do is to see what training is out there that you can potentially get for free. So volunteer yourself for an internship. So if your parents can't afford to pay for you to study, go try and find an internship for free or look online. Loads of free um, online courses at the moment that will teach you how to code. So I would just do what you can by yourself and then that will actually pay dividends when it comes to meeting with people. You can tell them that, look, we didn't have money to study because this is a reality. However, I have taught myself these own thing, these things and just teach yourselves the basics. So we always look for C-sharp developers. So for seven years that I've worked in IT recruitment, we've never not had a need for C-sharp developers. Other big things that people look for are Java devs. Um, Python's becoming quite a big one at the moment. So... Really? You need to, to kind of put yourself into something that's very generic to begin with. Just get your foot in the door, get your first job, and then you can pretty much work it out from there while you're getting uh, money in your back pocket. Cool. Um, and then probably the last question from me. Uh, moving forward, are you seeing a trend towards specific skill sets that you think are going to be important in the in the years to come yeah definitely a big move as, as i mentioned earlier big data master data management that's that's becoming quite a buzz uh, buzzword it has been for a long time but but the newest ones coming through are the digital transformation um and Is that a thing, though? yeah it's a becoming a thing transformation consultant yes absolutely oh, wow. uh, we haven't had one yet but i can see it's coming on the horizon so what what would the what would the skill set breakdown of a Digital transformation. As I say, we haven't we haven't worked worked a role yet or worked a spec, but it's definitely something that that's coming down. And you can see companies talking about it and you know asking us questions. What do you know about this? Strategic um, business consultant 2.0. Yeah, yeah. Some, some, something like that, yeah. And I think it's going to be one of those jobs where people have to learn on the job because there really is nothing that's, that's set and cast in stone about this is what it involves. Look, it also, if you look at SQL 2016, it's got R as the language now, yeah. so you've got R server. So now all of a sudden there's data scientists. Yes, exactly. Data science is a big one that's coming oh. out. R is a, a, a big programming language that you know, people are, are learning. 
Uh, Coursera is a is a company. I yes. see a lot of people oh, on their CVs have got uh, um, experience with that and so studying through them. Like Plural Sight and Lydia and all of those. Yes, things. yes, Linda, yeah. Not Lydia, Linda, Linda, Linda. Linda. It's a uh, Linda. That's LinkedIn's yeah, so. training. Also, things like you know, Shaw Academy also offer very cheap training courses online. Um, and then Internet of Things. I think you know, there's a lot of work that's going to be heading down the Internet of Things, and that's that's basically. I mean. These companies are asking for the basic coding skills again. So it's the .NETs, the C-sharps, ASP.NETs, Java, th- those kind of things. You know they've ported Suse Enterprise Server onto a Raspberry Pi 3. Really? Yeah, I saw this thing last night. So there's your IoT stuff. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, yeah. There's, there's an IoT user group that meets at Community Night. There's oh, wow. an actual user group. Crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be big. It will be big. Yeah, hopefully it won't be used just to DDoS... Yeah, DNS servers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that it, Mr. Mondling? I think that's it for me. Huh? No more. No more questions. You can always edit it out. I, I want to ask if I can present at SharePoint Saturday 2017. Oh, it's only fair. Okay. I, I've explained so, myself here. Well, <laughs> so we allow our platinum sponsors to speak about whatever the hell they want. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'll start saving. Okay. That's, no, but seriously, we don't vet any of that. Um, I'll ask the same question from the sponsors that I asked this year. Is it okay? And I've, I've got to deal with that. But it's fine. We must actually get that RW slot going as well. Yes, we, when you um, open again. The first, uh, f- f- it won't be. The, it will be the. F- it will be in Jan- uh, Feb because Feb, we're doing okay. December. Jan is just a lost cause. No one's back. Yeah. And then uh, the, the first session in Feb, we will definitely cool. bring you I'll on. I'll just come and repeat it. Yeah. I, I dig it. I, I, you know, I always love your stuff, and yeah, I think it's cool. invaluable to, it. to the community. But you know, I've got to listen to my sponsors mm. because they pay money. Absolutely. <laughs> So and yes. uh, yeah, I'll ask the same question. I can't guarantee that. I'll they they must be nervous that everyone goes to SharePoint Saturday to find oh. new jobs. You know, not oh. everyone wants to jump ship. It's just one of those things. Oh. Keep your staff happy, and you'll be fine. Exactly, hundred percent. But also, if you want to retain your staff, let them go to your session so that they can see what their um, yeah. career path is, because that's the only way you're going to get And what you'll find is a lot of those sessions that people are actually paid above market average because the the talent is so scarce in South no. Africa that their salaries are actually better. No, we don't get paid that well, though. Seriously, we don't. Um, trust me, we don't. Get into the right companies, no. boys. CVs, please. All right, great. I'll uh, send you my CV. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's some lucky odd things. Okay, so <laughs> how do people get hold of you? Uh, what's, where are you on oh, the interwebs? Oh, um, Guys, everywhere we have got a It's About People Facebook page. We also have an It's About People Twitter feed, which is at one It's About People. My personal one is at Van underscore Roth, R-A-A-T-H. I'm on LinkedIn under Vanessa Roth. Uh, Facebook, hey, whatever. There's no excuse we're not getting in touch. Okay, great. Well, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. Sorry that we invaded uh, your offices. No worries. It looks good. And it was, well, thanks. Yeah, we like the kit. The kit looks sexy. Um, thanks a lot for, for, for taking time out, and uh, we'll definitely chat to you soon. Happy days. Thanks, guys. Appreciate awesome. it. Ciao, ciao. Cheers. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for coming onto the podcast. It, yeah, was it, a, was, it was a very cool discussion. It was great chatting to her. And as always, she brings a lot of industry value to where you want to go in your space, not specific to SharePoint, um, but she does add value in providing the necessary when you want career growth and those sort of things. So it's, it's always great to have a chat with her. For the rest of the podcast today, we've got a little bit of a different yes, a, a different program for you guys. I, I'm quite excited about it. So usually this is the point in the podcast where we'll go through the industry news and everything that's sort of happening. And for a change, there's a week where Microsoft haven't really done anything in our space. It's been, it's been a, I think it's the first time since we started the podcast where there hasn't been like a whole raft of news. I think the only one I picked up on today was uh, there's some changes to the OneDrive Sync client once again. 
Um, that's the only thing I saw today. I haven't gone to roadmap.microsoft.com to pick up on what's actually been released. We could have missed that. I don't think so. So instead of doing a very short news section for you guys, instead we put out a call on Twitter to say what would you guys like us to discuss in the podcast, and we got a reply. Indeed we did, but like we said on Twitter, is that one or 12 questions? So this is a new segment for us, uh, Stump of the Presenters. Once a month, we'll be asking everyone to uh, ask us questions. Ask the experts. Um, not that we experts, so it's Stump the Presenters. So even a low-level question will probably stump us. Probably. So today's uh, question came in from Tracy van der Schaaf. Yes, she's been on before. Indeed, one of our previous guests. Interview. Um, and she says, Microsoft Partner Teams Groups and Yammer. Overview, when, what, why? Yes, thanks, Tracy. We really appreciate the fact that uh, you tried. Well, you didn't try hard. You just asked a generic question that comes out of your head. And now we had to spend the, the most part of today actually researching this so that we could give you a definitive answer. Yeah. So um, I'm of the opinion there isn't really a definitive answer of why and when you should use these things. Also, each one of... What, what you've given us, Trace, is um, four different topics. Yes. And each one of those is really worthy of its own deep dive. And we've already had a response from our industry insider, the real Francois Pinar, wanting to know why he was not included in the session because he wants to answer the questions. Francois, we'll take this back to the production team. And like I said on Facebook, we will have to chat to our production team and find out what your role will be when it comes to answering questions. But probably next month, you'll be allowed to refute what our commentary is around this. And then also the heckler will get involved in also being able to refute uh, Rod and myself's uh, statements in the next 20 minutes regarding where we see these things fitting in. Yeah. So as I said, each one of these is worthy of its own deep dive. And we will probably get around to some point in going into each one of these um, separate topics. So, but what we're going to do today is we're going to give a high-level overview of what each one of these technologies is and sort of where we see it fitting into a company's strategy. Well, you're going to start with where you see it, and then I might have a different viewpoint on that, Modlin. Sounds good to me. All right. So, the four topics we'll be covering, or the four platforms we'll be covering, is Yammer, Microsoft Planner, the Teams, and also the Office 365 groups. So I think we should start with the first and the oldest one out of all three, which is Yammer. Your take, Rod, on Yammer. Yeah, so Yammer is, as you say, one of one of the first products of this type that Microsoft uh, put out and have integrated across their platforms. The way they're positioning it at the moment, and I think what its strength is, is as a broadcast platform. So if you're broadcasting information from your business to um, your employees uh, other at a and it's got various channels into it so you can you, you can break down your communications into this is a thing we want everybody in the company to see this is more geared towards a specific department or, or stuff like that so that's how I see Yammer fitting into the thing it is it is a broadcast it's a broadcast product sort of taking over the role that the announcements used to do on on various SharePoint pages. It gives you a more unified, a much slicker way to do that sort of communication. Yes and no. Uh, you must remember Yammer was always a product on its own. 
it existed, the reason why. And it happened, I, I think, around the same time Microsoft bought Skype. Yeah. Uh, they bought Yammer and they looked at the then enterprise social slash collaboration platforms available. There's Jive, Jabber, um, Salesforce has got Jibber Chatter or whatever it's called. And they said, well, one, we want to buy the products so that we can extend the capabilities of our tools, which was SharePoint, because SharePoint's got a newsfeed. And also, we want that captive market that Yammer has. Having said that, Yammer has now, well, it was announced, I think, a couple of months ago, and we mentioned it in the show in one of our, our news features, that Yammer Enterprise has sold on its own is being culled. I think yeah. November 2017, you'll no longer be able to just spin up Yammer. It will now ship as part of an Office 365 scheme. Yeah, that's that they've done the integration into SharePoint, um, and and you can do all of that. So that's that's really generally how you'd absorb this uh, these feeds, as I see it. Um, a lot of the one-on-one interaction chat style collaboration that you would previously have done in Yammer you can now do in Teams which we'll talk about a bit later and it's it's a much more full featured uh, set of tools for doing that sort of collaboration yeah look we asked this question uh, the same question that's been posed now and I think there's probably about 200 different blogs um, after Teams was released around what tool do I use where I, I suppose if I had to sum it up, when you look at a architect, and I'm talking about an architect that builds houses, not the way we bastardize the word architect in the IT industry, but an architect's got different pencils. And you remember back in the old days, you had a, a 1B or a 2B and a, sure. and a, a 2AB and a 1AB. And, yeah, yeah. and you use different pencils or different thickness in, in pencils and, and shades for d- different applications when you were actually drawing. Yeah. And the same could be said for the four products that we're talking about right now. I agree with you 100%. When you start doing cross teams and cross department or divisional uh, collaboration or not collaboration or, or push notifications, you'd use something like Yammer to talk to the entire company about the new fiscal year budgets that are being sent out. Yeah. Makes sense? That makes sense to me. So okay. that, that's more or less when we'd use Yammer. And also you can replace your news feed with a Yammer feed and that applies to team sites and teams have team sites. And we're going to jump into that in a bit. Also, there, when we start looking at the app ecosystem, because the other products also have apps, there's a mobile-only app for Yammer. So it's not like Microsoft has done with Power BI and Flow and Power Apps and actually pushed a Yammer desktop app. I know there's, I know there's desktop notifications, though. Was there ever a Yammer desktop app? I, uh, there was. I've there is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to open the 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 store, the Windows store, and I'm sure there's a Windows tile app. Um, yeah, maybe just check that. Anyhow, while we while we on that, um, the, there's no download of Yammer app from. Was there an app? I've never used an Yammer app. Like, like sure. you said, there there is a... No, there's no app in the Microsoft Store. Wow, man. I'm sure there was a Yammer app. So you, you can get an app on your phone, which will give you notifications. Alternatively, um, it's in browser. 
Or did they kill that off, though? That's a good question. So let's check the in-store. There is a Yammer app. Oh, no, this is mobile, Windows Mobile. Okay, that's Windows Mobile. So, well, please, if you do know of a Yammer app, let us know. Yeah, you'd use it in browser, typically, um, integrated into SharePoint pages. If if, yes, I was in, for the news if I was in this ecosystem, that is how I would encourage its use. And they do have channels slash groups where you can segment your audience, which is quite nice. So we're not going to talk too much more about Yammer because if you don't know Yammer right now, be glad you don't know about it because chances are you're not going to use it. <laughs> yeah. So the next one we were asked about is Planner. So Planner is another one of these Office 365 apps for lack of a better word, uh, lack of a better term, um, there is a tool term. sets. There is a term for it, and I still cannot remember. I have to find out what it's called. It's like Power BI and Power Apps and yeah. all the other bits. So it, it's a tool set, much like anything else. And Planner, as the name should probably suggest to you, um, is a project management type system. So it gives you a bunch of functionality. Um, it's obviously not as full-featured as a project server implementation would be but it does give you um, it, it's got no apps either it's all in browser um, but it does have a, a number of cool things um, it's it's largely around scheduling and project management um, you can control your tasks in it um, it gives you a one note to to keep track of all that sort of stuff um, and interestingly when you create a Microsoft team it creates a planner instance for you which they call plans which is crazy because, yes, it's the other way around, um, and we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, yeah, there is. there doesn't seem to be an app. These are Microsoft Apps app that deploys a whole bunch of different Microsoft apps to your devices. I'm just looking at it in the Play Store. Um, oh, that's Word and PowerPoint and OneNote and that. And actually. all of those things, yeah. yeah. So so that's Already. quite neat. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like there is an app. Um yeah, this is specifically an Office 365 toolkit, if I can call it that. Yeah. So so it is handled in browser. It's quite interesting that there isn't an app, though, because I would have expected if you look at the rest of the stuff, and it's actually quite handy, though. Uh, well, they're, they're, all the pages are mobile-friendly. So you can you can pull it up on a mobile device by hitting the site. And we'll do that sort of stuff Thanks, for you. Thanks, Tracy, for putting us on the spot so soon. Um, really appreciate it. Yes, it's we awesome. Do. It's great, great. Just yeah. wait, just wait till you're on the podcast next. So yes, you can access Planner through your your tiles in the Office 365 uh, app launcher, and we really like it. Uh, like Rod said, it's around PM Lite. You can do some task management, which is really really cool because viewing tasks in SharePoint was a bit of a bugbear. It's not. Uh, I didn't really enjoy looking at tasks inside of SharePoint. I mean, it gives you that Gantt view. Yeah, it's fine. Like and a calendar view. So that this is a little bit more full-featured as opposed to the standard collaboration tools in SharePoint, but not as full-featured as a project server yeah. implementation. So what we don't know, which we haven't had time to test, is if you create a plan in the plan hub, the planner hub, does it create a team site? And yeah. a group and a team. When we get into yes, when when we yeah. do specific episodes into yeah, well, in, in, into each of these different products, we'll get into exactly what happens when you spin them up and where the integration points are. Suffice it to say, Planner you'd use 
um, at, as a project management tool? I, I would say task management. Task management, yeah. It's around, it's, as, as I see it, it's, it's, you'd build them, you'd provision a plan in Planner for a specific project. You know what they they call it? They call it a a, a plan. Um, if you look at a Microsoft Office uh, Microsoft Project Plan, it, it does it's very different to what they call plan. And this is what I really like about Planner is that it uses the Kanban type card sorting interface, which is really really cool. So you've got not started, in progress, and completed tabs, which is what they call boards, which is directly from Kanban because Kanban works on boards and you can drag your not started to in progress and your in progress to completed around your tasks, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so this is very much specifically around project management. Yeah, so you, you, you would you would spin up an instance of this for a specific project that you're running that you need to keep track of. I want to actually connect to the tasks in DPM or if you spun up a well, project We'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll wait have for to, the deep dive uh, we'll before we get into that. all of that. So we'll be generating more questions. I think before we move on to teams, Rod, I'd actually like to go straight into groups. Cool. So groups are the, the second longest standing app in this. First it was Yammer. Yammer was the, the, the first one. And then second, they, Microsoft brought out a thing called Office 365 Groups. And Groups was centered around mail. Yeah, it's email. It's an email collaboration. Tool. And in the beginning, it, it was there, there was nothing attached to it. You created an Office three six five group in Office three six five in your admin center, and it was really around gluing uh, sort of filtered information, not filtered information, uh, connecting all the mails around an Office three six five group and grouping them into a tab that you find in your Office client, in your Outlook client, or in uh, Office web apps, or Outlook web app. <laughs> it's all so confusing. And you could check the entire conversation history in that. It allowed you to upload files and those sort of things. And then Microsoft created Teams. And then Microsoft went crazy about, oh, look, we can integrate the integrate, uh, the integrate parts. So everything integrates. Yeah, so I think... It, it, it's worth going into teams now and then sort of comparing these two and what they do differently. And you'll probably have to listen to this podcast three times to understand how they're all glued together Yeah, I'm, because it was confusing for us. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it myself. So Teams is obviously Microsoft's latest one and it's a chat messaging collaboration tool set along the same lines as Slack. Chat messaging collaboration tool set. Yes. So the, the, the main difference I see... CMCT. But besides the, besides how exactly the, the various information is grouped and where it's stored, the main difference I see between teams and groups and when you'd use the different ones um, depends on how it is that your teams work. Both of these, personally, I see as more small team slash project team orientated tool sets. So I have a specific project I want to get moving. Um a specific interaction that's happening and I want to keep all the information around that central idea in a central place so I can see it. So then I would ask myself, how are the people in this team going to be collaborating? How are they going to be talking to each Have other? Have you moved on to Teams already? I'm, are you on Teams right now? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, 
I'm I'm comparing the See two the confusion. I'm I'm comparing the two because I think it's I I think it's an important distinction. So if I think a team <laughs> I keep this is the problem with these names. So I'm saying team and I mean the, the let me call it a project team. Okay. So okay. the project team is the group of people that are doing this thing so that we that we're collaborating is around. Is it a group or is it a team? It's a project team. A project team. Which so is a bunch of people. Okay, I won't bunch. use the word group. I'll say bunch. How's that? <laughs> that works. What, what is the collective noun for a group of workers? It depends though. So, you know, you, I, you call a, a group of geese and all of those things. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> for bats, it's a belfry of bats. But There we go. Belfry. So, if you a put a belfry of human beings to okay. a bat of suits. Yes. A belfry of batmen. Yes. Um, and they've got the specific project that they're doing so there's this project team of people this project bunch this bunch of people if i if i think that the this bunch of people is going to be collaborating mainly through email which is which at the moment is the traditional way of doing it i'm going to send emails to the team um, they're going to get back to me and the threads can can get a little wonky and I, i want to keep all those together if i think these people are communicating mainly through email then what i want to give them is a office 365 group but it's also nice because you've got external group access now to Office 365 team site, yes. the group site. So the, the the groups does create a team site as well. Which and you get an external email address, which is nice because people can now mail the group when yeah, you create specifically. the group. So you can actually mail, what did we call it, live recordings to test because Tracy was annoying at whatever our Office 365 tenant. It was a super long email it. address. Yeah. So you can actually email straight into the group. And it will actually come up under the group tab, sitting in your Outlook client or Outlook web app. Yeah. So that gives us an interface where we can see all the emails happening between this group of people in one place. We can see all the different attachments that were there. We can see a history of this conversation. So that's the traditional way of doing it. The next way of doing it is through chat. Um, especially the new generations coming through. Everybody's using WhatsApp. I used to use IRC myself. Oh, uh, we spoke about that. Yes. What so, client did you use for RC? Oh, I can't. Merc. I can't even was remember. It Merc? I used Merck for a while. There were some other ones Perch? that had. I can't even remember. I liked Perch. It was many moons ago. Um, anyway, so instead of if I think this group of people instead of collaborating through email would rather collaborate through chat, then I would create a Microsoft Teams instance for them. So it's it's almost it's a very similar set of functionality it's just a different way of collaborating so am i collaborating through email or am i collaborating through chat in both ways either one of these um, tool sets will then group that information for me and group the or the, the conversations that are happening and the documents that are shared uh, together so that that is that is our how i see the differentiation of when you would use Office 365 groups and Microsoft Teams. What do you or, think, Al? Did you say and or or? It could be and as well. <laughs> this is where it gets that, great. Th- this is where it gets in, so, into a gray area. So, so when you create an Office 365 group, it also creates it, a It creates team a SharePoint site. team site. So it's a SharePoint site. Don't yeah. don't please don't confuse me with the word team in team site because it's not a, it's not a it's not a team because when you create a, an O365 group, it makes a team site for you. It does not make a team. Yes, which we 
found out about in Aaron Hoffiger. Yes. But when you create a team, a Microsoft team... In the Teams app. In the Teams app, it creates a 0365 group. And a team site. And a team site. (laughs) And so if if you spin up Teams, you get all the functionality of groups as well. And it adds a hub to your planner. (laughs) And it adds a hub to planner, yes. So if you expect your Teams to be running all the different functionalities you're probably best off creating a team from the Teams app. Yeah, it, it, it actually loads a, um, a plan. And when you create a, a team, a, a, a team, a team. Yes. <laughs> but having said that, if you go into groups and you're sitting in uh, Outlook web apps or you're sitting in Outlook, the desktop app, uh, they have what they call connectors, which is... It looks like the stuff from Flow. So all the recipes so you can connect to a plethora of other apps and have Instagram, Twitter, etc., etc., et and pull the rule around that, which is even more crazy. And I think that pretty much covers groups for now. We'll, like Rod said, we'll have a deep dive into how they function and what they yeah. do. A very painful because groups creates a team site but not a team, and it doesn't do anything for planner. So getting onto the big elephant in the room, the what? last the last component to join Office three six five, which is Microsoft Teams. Yes. What what do you think of my differentiation between when you'd use Teams and when you'd use groups? Well, I had to correct you for starters because you said groups and teams. So it's I and th- or, neither nor. Well, you could use them both. Like you, you, you can use them both in tandem is what I'm saying. But what what I'm saying is if you had to because we don't want to, as consultants, if we're creating a solution for a customer, if the customer is not, if all the users in that customer are not highly mature in their IT skills, yeah. we don't want to, we don't want to flood them with too many options. But it's also easy when you start collaborating and the oldest form of collaboration is email. And people generally live inside of the Outlook yeah, client. Yeah, exactly. So Most if, clients actually live inside of Outlook. If, if I'm going into a bank and they say, we want collaboration for um, these various projects we have running, um, the our users are across all different age groups, um, we've got some senior people, we've got some junior people who have just started, um, we've got some consultants, we've got some IT guys, we've got some normal business users. If they come to me and ask me what, what should I? What should they be implementing? I'm going to say they probably want groups, not teams. We'll we start can, with groups. We we can give them the option to use teams, but the majority of the users in that subset of users will not be going and doing the majority of their collaboration through the chat interface. So we want to keep it in a place where it's all together, which would be in groups, and you do it through email. I think depending on the maturity of the organization and what you're actually introducing it for. So cross-platform, if someone and 99% of the people utilizing computers use Outlook. Yeah. So icon, bottom left and corner, groups, and they can see a, a, a grouped conversation. What did you call it? A threaded conversation history of emails, which I think is great. If you're using it internally with just your internal stakeholders, you might start considering moving away from that and actually extending the group functionality into, okay, we now have a document library 
and we've got the teams um, yeah. option. So when when I'd use teams would be something like I'm at an IT dev house and we've got a bunch of devs that are collaborating on an app that they're designing. I would say we spin up teams for those guys because they need to chat back and forth, especially if they're distributed. Like if we've got some guys in Cape Town and we've got a couple more guys in Durban and the project manager's up in Joburg and everybody needs to be able to communicate very quickly and keep track of all of that, um, I would say those guys would best be used, would, would best use teams for that sort of collaboration. Look, everyone's been trying to push that. Uh, I've, I've known of companies that stopped using email as their primary form of communication to their staff. Yeah. So Teams actually just extends that. People started wanting to use Yammer. Um, what I enjoy about Teams, very similar to Slack. We've got to talk yeah. about it. It's, it's actually a bit more full-featured. Um, Slack still doesn't have threaded conversation, so you can't reply to yes. you can't reply to uh, a post, whereas in, well, no, you, in, in Teams you can. No, you can. Okay, they put it in recently then. Because when, when Teams... Then launched you know, so Slack hadn't you can see these replies threaded replies to conversations or to you talking about that is that actually threaded though it doesn't look like it to me it, is. it looks like it's just the next one down no it's just open Slack so we've got Slack open and you can actually see that that is a reply to so that's the general chat and ooh, you might be right I no, am hold wrong. on there we go okay so that's those just are just links and things that it's it's showing in there it's displaying underneath. Okay, so that's a pull from a post to say, ah, uh, because it's pulling the link, so that's displaying. Yeah. So there's no threaded um, no conversation. Threaded. It, it is coming, apparently. They're working on it. Um, Teams has it now. Yeah, Teams has got it. Right there, you can see the replies. Yeah, so you can reply directly to that, which is which is very nice. Another nice thing it does is any documents you upload in the Teams app um, get pushed to the SharePoint team site document library that was created as part of that team. Yes, very neat. So you can go to the SharePoint team site and see all of those, and it creates a different folder for each of the channels, which is slightly irritating to me because we don't have a chance to put any metadata on these documents, and it's it's a dump with folders. Um, it's still better than... Um, to me, it's better than the groups functionality where you send an attachment and... Yes, it groups all of it together, but that attachment is still an attachment in an email, and that's where that's sitting. So it's still sitting in Exchange. It's not being pulled out to... Oh, from when you mail the group? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, or, we check or mail, but Or mail between each other or, or whatever. Whereas in Teams, if you if you share a document to the chat, it goes to the team site document library, which is quite nice. Yes, I like that, I like that feature. Although, yeah, like you said, no metadata. And it's actually crazy because every, um, if you actually look at your teams, you can create different channels. Is it channels? They are effectively channels, whatever it is they're actually called. And you've got the general channel. Let's just have a look. See. Again, we're not going to yeah. go too in-depth yeah. into these things. But we're what it does do is it actually creates a folder per channel. Yeah. And it sticks the documents in there. And we're trying to get away from folders and use more metadata. But yes, I, I, I really do like the interface. Of Teams, um, I, I'll, I'll be as bold as saying that it's more fully featured than Slack, even though I do use and enjoy Slack. And then the other thing I'd like to talk about when it comes to Teams is the meetings integration, which, like we tested earlier on, 
super powerful, yeah. super great in the app. In the app, it does like to me. It looks like it's using the Skype for Business or Skype backend. Well, you I'm know, sure there's a, a uh, Skype uh, preview UWP. Yeah. So it's a universal app, and it actually they just deployed it straight to my desktop, my Windows 10 anniversary update that built in. Looks very much. It looks very similar to the Skype, the new Skype preview app. Yeah, that's cool. So you can, yeah, you can set up a meeting in Teams and it'll invite and everybody can pop in there and... Yeah, you get to invite up. everyone and uh, you join the meeting. So it's much easier. It's like getting a Skype for Business link and you can just Skype for Business is not running and then it opens up a web page and you can join via the web app and it becomes crazy. Also, just a note on Teams, the desktop app has more features than actually trying to do the same thing in the browser. It'll tell you that this feature is coming soon in the browser so open up the desktop app. Some other things that I do like about it, the chat capabilities you've spoken about. And when you do the meeting, you can actually share your desktop. A little bugbear around when you actually join a meeting and you have two cameras, when you click in the, in the main chat window, or not the main chat window, the main display window, it actually flips from the front camera to the back camera and vice versa. So do not click in there. Otherwise, it will show... Something that you might not want to show your people that's actually viewing it. And also on top of that, it's got nice uh, desktop sharing. So you can screen share and you can show people through that as well. Sweet. So the, the takeaways from our brief high-level discussion here, I think, is that Yammer, we think, is used mainly for broadcast news announcements um, to departments and divisions, if you've that got sort a, of thing. Yeah, if you've got an announcement that's... Cross, it's, it's across departments. Now, bearing in mind, when you create a team, it creates a group and a team site. And each team site has got the modern um, interface, the new modern experience. Yes. And that has a news feed which connects to the news feed of the team site, which can be replaced with Yammer. Yeah. <laughs> so for, <laughs> so for, for that sort of broadcast information sharing, that's what I think we'd use Yammer for. Um, for the project management style thing that you'd use Planner for, um, and then for collaboration within project teams, um, you'd use either groups or teams or a combination thereof, depending on the users um, and how they would best interact with each other. Yeah, just looking at how Microsoft has gone about expanding the functionality of Teams. So Teams seems to be the focal point or the entry point into everything. You must remember, with Planner, you can create a plan, and it doesn't integrate into anything. Office 365, you can create an Office 365 group that creates a team site. It doesn't create a team. If you create a team, it creates everything for you. So it'll create another plan. It'll create an Office 365 group, and it'll create that team site from Teams app, the Teams app. Yeah. If you go to Teams or Microsoft.com, download the app. If you create a team, it brings all of the other bits and bobs features. Well, it doesn't create a Yammer group or a channel in Yammer. Yeah, but or that, a group in Yammer, sorry, not a channel. Confusing. But that you'd integrate into your greater infrastructure of... If you really want to use the, it Here's way. my departmental divisional yeah. um, broadcast infrastructure that I've set up So already. if you've got 10 teams and you want to broadcast to them, replace the news feed with... Um, that, that Yammer... Yes. Also, the nice thing about Teams, it's uh, the features are actually quite cool. So uh, I suppose it's a stab at Slack's functionality, being able to integrate Giphy directly. So Slack's been 
infamous or famous for being able to grab GIFI images and pulling it straight through. There's an actual slider when you go edit the team Gif, that allows Gif, GIFI images. See, I've heard it pronounced GIF. I've heard it pronounced GIF. I don't think I've ever heard it pronounced GIFI. Okay, go to GIFI.com. It's animated GIFs. It's completely different from what you're thinking it is. Um, so in closing, yes, the takeaways. I, I like where you're going with pick the weapon of choice yeah. for the battle. From what we've actually discussed now, maybe the idea is for each team you create a Microsoft team, and then you, you and then, oh, you, and then okay, you, team. because that builds all of it out for you, uh, and then you just expose the users to the pieces of it as you think they'd uh, as they'd use it. Okay, I think that's our stump the presenter segment, uh, the first of its kind for us. I, I think we did quite well, right? Yeah, I think so, and I think we do need to take a deep dive on on each of these different things and. Um, unpack more in depth where the integration is and how definitely, exactly they work. Definitely. Well, what we might be doing in the future is actually broadcasting live from our monthly user groups. And chances are you'll probably find a deep dive being presented by someone that will stream by our YouTube channel, which is coming. And um, we do have a YouTube channel. We just haven't put anything in there. One, one of these days. One of these days. Okay. All right. So getting towards the end of the show, I suppose it's time for the PowerShell commandlet of the week. Yeah, boy, Yes. Okay, so today's PowerShell commandlet is update sp wapi proof key. Wapi, W-O-P-I. So what this commandlet does is it updates the public key that's used to connect to a wapi application, such as an Office Web App server, uh, on the obviously on the SharePoint farm that it's run. So why you'd use this typically is when the key becomes unsynchronized between the SharePoint farm and the wapi application. Usually, for us, it would be an Office Web App Server. So if you start seeing events in your ULS logs um, saying stuff like invalid proof of, uh, for signature file, what? Invalid proof signature for file or invalid proof signature for folder, any of those, chances are what's happened is the keys become unsynchronized and then you need to update it using this command shell, uh, this commandlet. It's only got two parameters. It's got an assignment collection parameter if we're doing scripting and it's got a server name uh, parameter as well what so is the, what does the proof key do though i understand what the wapi does i mean that's all around well it's called office online server now the new 2016 version yeah so they they share a key a proof key just um between the servers so oh, between the SharePoint server and between the SharePoint server okay. and, and, and the WAPI application, WAPI, and if that becomes unsynchronized, they're not going to be able to talk to each other. So you can online, run this. And you, Office Online doesn't work. Any other Word yeah. Online, Excel Online. Exactly. So um, you'd Ooh. run you'd run this, and it would update that connection between the two. So you wouldn't have to break the WAPI extensions because that's what I used to do in the past. It's just like remove it and then connect it again. So this will fix the. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a bunch of reasons that can. That can yeah. go bad if the reason is that the it gives you that, those that this that this key is has become unsynchronized. Okay, and you'll see that by so those. Fix the key. You don't have to go through all the and you don't. Yeah, you don't have to rebuild the whole thing again. Associating um, Wapi with that specific web app and yeah, it's and, such and a painful yeah. thing. Th- this should do it through. So you can use the server name parameter to specify a specific server. So if you've got multiple WAPI applications together and you don't really need to refresh all of them, you can say, no, just that one I need to refresh the connection to. Um, alternatively, if you leave that out, it'll just do it for all the registered WAPI applications. All right. Jeez. 
Cool. How many more of these um, partial commandments do you have to get through? The hundreds. <laughs> like I've still got probably like 700 and something. No, we're on episode 11. <laughs> I'm on episode 11. So actually, if we just hold on a second, I'll pull it up and I can tell you exactly how many it is. Yeah, we can all hear you um, abuse uh, the PC. Okay, so after today's PowerShell commandlet, there are still 850 for us to go through. Right here, let's hope that I'm still, I'm not retired by the time we get to our 850th episode. Listen, yes, honey boy, back in 2016, <laughs> back in the days of Rhodesia, <laughs> we used real PowerShell. Try, Mr. Modland, where could these beautiful people find us on the interwebs? You guys can find us online uh, at two guys and sharepoint.co.za. New website coming. Yes, there's a brand new look coming soon, so check out for that. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter at Two Guys Sharepoint, where we'll be putting out calls for questions like we did today. Once a month only. Possibly once a month, if we have time. <laughs> if there's not tons of news. All right. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I'm at Odd Modlin. And I'm at Alistair Pugin. Thank you all so very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Just yes. Ciao. Schadenfreude. Oh, 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 I think I swore in German. <laughs>